You're listening to an SF6 and Alternatives Coalition podcast. Today, you will hear from NEMA Industry Director Jonathan Stewart and Carla Trost of GNW Electric discuss the regulatory environment for SF6 reporting. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast today. This is another SF6 and Alternatives Coalition podcast, and we have Carla Trost with us this time of GNW Electric. Say hi to everyone, Carla. Hello. Carla is the Director of Global Program Management at GNW Electric. She has 20 years of experience designing and manufacturing electric distribution equipment with particular expertise in selection of application-specific switchgear and control integration. Uh, and if all that weren't impressive enough, on top of that, Carla is a member of NEMA's Switchgear section and the SF6 and Alternatives Coalition. Carla, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Carla, I've, as you know, I've asked you here today to talk about the regulatory environment for SF6, sulfur hexafluoride reporting. We know, uh, though our audience may not, that three different jurisdictions in the U.S. require owners of power equipment that use this gas to track and report emissions. But as we also know, there are differences and nuances between those three jurisdictions. So over the next 15 minutes or so, we're going to roll up our sleeves and get into all of this. But first, let's start off for the benefit of our audience with some level setting. Can you tell me, generally speaking, about the use of SF6 today as an insulating gas? I think it's important to note that today the majority of electrical switching and braking equipment is insulated by sulfur hexafluoride SF6 if that equipment is rated 1 kV or above. And the reason that SF6 is used is because it's a very effective insulator and arc quencher. And the nature of the functions that this type of equipment have to perform makes those characteristics really important. Unfortunately, SF6 is also known to have a high global warming potential. There's two different numbers that are referenced. The first is 23,500 by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, or the EPA. The second is 23,800, which is published by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. So regardless of which GWP you use, I mean, either way, that's very high global warming potential. Right away, that tells me that there's going to be regulation on this stuff by environmental agencies to make sure it stays out of the atmosphere. Absolutely. And as you noted, the regulations are nuanced. There are three jurisdictions in the U.S. U.S. EPA is the first. They require reporting but they don't have any limits on how much the user or manufacturer can emit. California and Massachusetts both require reporting similarly to the U.S. EPA, but they have emissions limits as well. It's also important to understand that not every owner or operator of SF6 insulated equipment has to report. It depends on how much you own. Okay, so here's the part where I'm going to make you earn your paycheck for today, because we're going to get into each of those jurisdictions and the differences, the, the nuances, as, as we've said before, between uh, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency on the federal side and then California and Massachusetts. So let's start with the federal. Tell me about U.S. EPA's requirements. So the first thing to know is that the EPA requires anyone who owns SF6 electrical equipment and that has over 17,820 pounds of SF6 to report annually. Okay, so two thoughts immediately come to mind when you talk about 17,820. 
one, that sounds like a lot of gas. And number two, that specific figure sounds very precise and almost very random, very arbitrary. I'm sure there's a reason behind it. Do you have any ideas to why EPA landed on that as a threshold? Yes, the 17,820 pounds is roughly equivalent to the 25,000 metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalent, which is referenced in the greenhouse gas reporting rule. It does sound like a lot of SF6, but to kind of give you a framework, it's roughly equivalent to 1,000 medium voltage distribution switches or 150 circuit breakers, depending upon their ratings. And when you're looking at whether or not you own that much SF6, you also include any SF6 that are in cylinders. Okay, so whether or not I, as a system operator or a, a gas insulated equipment owner, whether or not I have to report uh, emissions, track and report emissions to US EPA depends on whether or not I have 17,820 pounds of gas in my possession. Beyond that, are there any other exceptions? There are. One is that as a potential reporter, you look at the equipment that you have and you only include non-hermetically sealed when you decide whether or not you're reporting. So you do not include hermetically sealed in the decision making. If you do have to report, then you include both hermetically sealed and non-hermetically sealed in your calculations. There's also an exception for emergency events. You don't have to report the emergency event as long as you're following the regulation. Okay, so I think our audience probably understands at least conceptually what an emergency event is. Uh, hermetically sealed may be a new term for some folks. Uh, could you mind explaining that? Absolutely. So in general terms, it's switchgear that has been factory sealed and is not intended to be maintained by the user. There are some formal definitions in some of the regulations, though. So California Air Resources Board, or CARB, specifically calls it out as switchgear that is designed to be gas-tight and sealed for life and states that the switchgear is pre-charged with SF6 at a factory and is not refillable by the user. The Massachusetts Department of Environmental Protection uses a very similar definition. They say that it's designed to be gas-tight and sealed for life, pre-charged with SF6, sealed at the factory, and cannot be refillable by the user. Interestingly, though, the EPA does not have a definition for it, but they have documented on their website and in some of their other documents that their intent is to be consistent with definitions that are in use in the electric power transmission and distribution industry. Okay, so finishing up on US EPA, I have to track emissions in all of my switchgear that is not hermetically sealed if I have more than 17,820 pounds of SF6. The next question becomes, how does EPA tell me how I have to track and, and calculate my emissions? So it's a pretty simple equation when you look at it. You take the nameplate value for all of your equipment and what you have in inventory at the start of a calendar year. You then calculate how much you should have had at the end of the year based upon what you purchased or acquisitions and what you got rid of or disbursements. Then you compare that number of how much you should have to how much you actually have at the end of the year. If the amount you should have is greater than what you actually have, it's considered an emission. 
Okay, certainly makes sense from a conceptual level. I'm sure it's much, much more complicated in practice, but we'll let that be for the moment. Let's move now to the states, but we'll stay on the East Coast. Tell me about Massachusetts. How does that differ from the federal requirements? Sure. So MassStep does require recording and reporting across various phases of the product life. They reference the EPA's requirement of 17,820 pounds, so very similar there. One difference is that they only have you report on non-hermetically sealed. They do not include hermetically sealed in the reporting requirement. It also diverges in that Massachusetts includes a maximum annual emission rate as well as an emission mass limit for each reporter. And they have an additional 1% maximum allowable leak rate for each piece of equipment that was purchased after January 1st of 2015. Okay, so an emission rate would be a percentage of gas emitted as compared to all the gas that the utility owns and equipment and cylinders. Is that right? Absolutely. And the maximum allowable emission mass limit is set in pounds of SF6 versus the percentage in the rate calculation. Okay, so Massachusetts wants to know the percentage of gas emitted as well as the actual mass. Correct. Okay, so let's go to California now on the West Coast. Sure. So California is the regulated by the California Air Resources Board. We call them CARB. And they require annual reporting of SF6 usage, including the receipt and disposal of equipment, as well as emissions. They use the same calculations as EPA and Massachusetts, but unlike EPA and Massachusetts, they don't have a threshold amount. Everybody has to report. They also require that you track both your hermetically sealed and non-hermetically sealed, although they do not use the hermetically sealed in their emissions tracking reporting. Like Massachusetts, they had a requirement for owners to decrease their emissions rate every year and then maintain an emission rate of less than 1%. Currently, the CARB regulation is in revision. So what I've shared is from the published version. We're expecting to see the new version out before the end of this year. And if I'm not mistaken, California is looking at completely phasing out SF6 across its system over a period of five to seven years once that rule becomes effective. As of today, there's not a final regulation. You're absolutely right. So in sum, whether or not an owner, operator, gas-insulated equipment has to track and report emissions is a factor of a few things. One, geography. Are you in California, Massachusetts, or somewhere else in the U.S.? The amount of SF6 you have under your ownership or control and what portion of that equipment is hermetically sealed. Absolutely. So if I own SF6 insulated equipment, what is the impact on products I already own and or that I'm about to purchase of all these regulations? That's a great question. So for the units that you own already, it really comes down to whether or not you have to track and report the SF6. There's no other changes for those specific items. It's important to note that manufacturers are also impacted by these regulations. So that means that a product that you purchase today might have different manufacturing procedures or improved sealing techniques versus product that you purchased in the past. It's also important to look at how your procedures for testing or filling equipment might be impacted if your organization implements tighter protocols for SSX recovery, refurbishment, or disposal. 
So certainly not surprising that regulations over time, I mean, these aren't necessarily new regulations, but over time, they're having impact on even how OEMs and equipment manufacturers produce their equipment. Can you give me an example of how some manufacturers have adjusted their manufacturing process? Some have changed the type of fill valve on the equipment to one that is self-sealing because that helps prevent fill line emissions. And several have implemented automated fill recovery or test systems that allow them to use a completely closed system so they can control the flow of SF6 in their factory. Because of these changes, some of them have started reporting as filled values on the nameplate or production test reports. Finally, what does all this mean for the product these users may buy in the future? Manufacturers are working on non-SF6 alternatives for most of the SF6 insulated equipment that's available today. Alternatives can include different insulating options like vacuum bottles, solid dielectric media, or new insulating gases and gas mixtures. I think it's important for you to know that the options you see in the future may be a different size than the current SF6 equipment you are using. And you might have to make some installation adjustments because of the size differences. You also may need to purchase some new gas handling equipment for the different types of insulating gas or gas mixtures, or consider contracting refilling of gas mixtures out to an outside company. Okay, so potentially a lot of changes coming, I think particularly depending on what happens in California. A lot to be aware of, a lot to consider for GIE owners and operators. Thanks, Carla, for joining us today and providing this overview. As always, I like to give my guests the last word. So I think that it's important, as you noted, to know that there's a lot of changes happening. And there are organizations like the SF6 and Alternatives Coalition that are trying to keep users up to date. So I would recommend checking back with our website frequently for the latest information. Great. Thanks, Carla. And thanks to our audience for tuning in. Have a great day. The Coalition is an industry organization for discussion of SF6 and alternative insulation technologies as used in electric transmission and distribution equipment, as well as a forum for industry interaction with public officials surrounding emissions reporting and reduction regulations. For more information on the Coalition's work, visit their website at sf6andalternativescoalition.org.